Greetings! Welcome back to the solo podcast anime one at a time, where I take a pause for the series I'm watching, among the hustle and bustle of the shiny new anime of today, also exploring the undervalued and unknown. I'm the host Lita, and this is episode 16! Hello, hello! We are still in November, and I'm putting out a second episode, would you believe? Um, I know I said last episode I really wanted to push out, you know, more podcast episodes. Um, but uh, I knew this month the maximum was going to be two. And uh, not sure how December is looking for episodes. Because I really want to do two episodes for December. Because I have already picked out the two anime that I want to talk about. But, you know, December is just next week, right around the corner. Uh, So is busy month, which is my favourite month. Christmas is one of my favourite seasons. Or actually, sorry, it is my favourite season. And um, it's becoming a wonderful time of year. Uh, We've had absolutely miserable weather here in Australia. As I've said before, we are like on the end of the spectrum here. We're everywhere else. It's like winter snow and uh, we're just coming into the peak of summer here uh, because you know the weather here has been very very rainy it's been absolutely bonkers Uh, Aussie spring is absolutely uh, how do I put this Uh, bipolar it literally is one minute it is like thunder raining and then the next minute we've had maybe the odd sunny day Uh, the sunny days have been very scarce So I'll be looking forward to, you know, maybe for the 17th episode, I'll be happy to say, hey, there's lots of sunshine over here, because currently, uh, I mean, even right now, today has been 32 degrees, so that's, it's been a nice warm day, it has, but yeah, I'm not sure what this summer is going to hold in store, I'm actually kind of a bit scared, (laughs) because they're saying it's going to be really wet, and um. Uh, it's, and also that the prediction was uh, it's going to take a while for it to slowly warm up. But looks like next week we're like jumping right into that. So my goodness. Anyway, so last episode uh, I talked about a isekai, um, which the long has a very very long ass name too, doesn't it? Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, this little isekai slice of life. So if you would like to know more about that, um, you can go listen to last episode. So just as also a brief little update on the seasonal game. Um, still really enjoying all of my seasonal shows. And I still have not started My Hero Academia or um, uh, the season six. And also Spy Family Season 2 because I've been waiting for the dubs to just come out a little bit. So I'm hoping to start those this week, which feels very strange that, you know, I just think about the time, especially when I started watching My Hero and how far it's come. And I feel like there's no time to comprehend those little moments sometimes. But anyway... To get on with the show, so for the 16th episode, uh, I have a very interesting um, entry for this one. Uh, It is an anime I recently completed, so uh, this episode was not planned in terms of what anime I was going to talk about, which uh, when I completed this series, I was like, 
we need to complete this. And we need to talk about this series in particular. Um, so we're going back to some old roots because I don't think I've spoken about an old series for a little bit. Not since episode 11 where I talked about Mobile Suit Gundam Stardust Memory. Um, now, the series I'll be talking about is not as old as that. But um, I really think that this show needs some love. And I also think that with this, you know, how mentality there seems to be about, especially newer fans, not saying it's anyone's fault, it's like how it's looked upon now, older anime, um, that it's not, it's not really looked upon. Um, it's not really looked upon this current generation of fans, uh, not saying that's anybody's fault, but that, um, Older anime is just losing its appeal, I feel like, as the years go by and roll on. And it's not, like I said, it's not anyone's fault. It's just that, you know, uh, I feel like these shows, um, probably before the two, 2010, I would say, in my personal opinion, uh, yeah, they seem to be getting, like, yeah, forgotten. Going to become forgotten about or really just, yeah, not spoken about a lot, so... Which I feel like that is my, uh, I feel like that has become my sort of mission with this podcast, even though I like talking about different anime. Um, in particular, when we, when I get to visit these shows or when I choose to talk about a series from like before 2010, um, I go, I feel like I go back to my roots because, you know, that was really my era over those years, really discovering um, some real gems and some real favorites. And, um, I'm glad that uh, we get to revisit it today. So, um, I might get a bit, not long say emotional, but I'll definitely have the nostalgia feelings, uh, feeling through this episode. So this series we're going to be talking about, uh, came out in 2005. Oh my God, it's old. Yes, I actually do feel old talking about this. 2005 is when I came out here to Australia. So that definitely takes me back. Uh, this is 26 episodes. So this took a bit to, for me to get through this series. Uh, it's an original series. So no manga or light novel adaptation out anywhere, um, which is great. An original anime. And, um, that series, it is a, I'd say, action mecha sci-fi series. Yes, a little bit of mecha. And that is Gun X Sword. Now, I know there's a few that I've definitely never heard of this series. I think somebody in particular who will be listening to this, one of my blogger friends named Scott, shout out to you. Uh, he's definitely been anticipating my thoughts for this series as he's been seeing on my Annie list that I've been watching this. So shout out to you, um, uh, that, you know, somebody's talking about this series. Um, so my history with Gun X Sword, um, I'm trying to think when I first saw the first six episodes, because that is how far I got with this series way back when. I honestly can't remember the year. But I do remember when it was definitely around, when I discovered there was more anime than Sailor Moon, which was when I met my old best friend at the time. Um, 
it must have been definitely around 2008, 2009. So my history with this show, because up until now, was the very first time I actually fully watched this series, um, completed it. Before that, uh, when I was really getting into anime and um, I was always borrowing uh, my old best friend's anime from her collection, any new series that caught my eye, I'm like, hey, can I borrow this? Can I borrow this? Um, Those were the days of how I um, watched or was introduced to a bunch of um, different anime. And obviously, Gunnick Sword piqued my interest and um i was like hey can we watch this and um i remember she only had volume one because back then you know when anime came out was in like volume ones volume two volume three four five um obviously you know looking at it now uh it is so expensive to buy it that way compared to now where you can buy in bulk and it's like you're saving a buck but um she only had the first volume and it only had the first six episodes and that was as far as I got <laughs> with the series. Um, I feel kind of ashamed, um, to be honest. It's a show that I let drag on so, so long for many years that I didn't get, didn't watch it, didn't get around to it. Kept saying, I'm going to watch this. And it wasn't until now where I had a moment um, during this month or the middle of October it was where... Oh, you know what? I really want to watch a series that I never got back to. And that's when I just picked Gunnick's Sword and off we went. Um, So I I feel proud of myself that I finally have fully watched it. And because, you know, it always left me this wanting of what was going to happen after episode six. And, you know, it had a really good setup, um, the story, especially in the first episode. yeah, honestly, first six episodes were a good introduction to where things were going. So let me lay out for you how things begin with this series, because there is a little bit for me to like actually talk about, because a few, few, few things happen in this series, and um, I'll just uh, yeah do my best to break it down and obviously leave it as spoiler free. Um, but uh, I'll try, I'll try to, but there's, yeah, too many juicy, like, spoiler things here that happen, and uh, yeah, I would have to do, like, a whole separate episode, but we're not doing that. So, so episode one starts out where there is a town called Evergreen, which is overrun by a bunch of bandits, and um, I should also mention that the planet that, um, the world is on is called the end the endless illusion and um it's a world where it's just run by rogues that um rogue people and their armors and their mechas and there's it's like a lawless land there's no rules there's yeah no rules lawless is basically imagine a world full of pirates it's basically that and as i said there's a town called evergreen which is overrun by bandits and we meet one of our main characters which is wendy and um she she would like to leave town to go in search of her brother who has who was taken from her just days before and to go in search of him but um obviously the town is does not want to give up their assets to the bandits and then 
just when things get really icky, a lone hero appears in a cowboy get-up, western get-up. And which is we meet our main protagonist, which is Vaughn. Now, Vaughn has many names in this show. He goes like by Vaughn of the Dawn, Vaughn the unsung hero. My God, this dude is given so many names in this series. I didn't really know what was going on with the whole Vaughn has, has to have so many nicknames. But anyway, he comes in and all he wants is uh, food a glass of milk and all the condiments. So that basically means every sauce, whatever. And um, he always makes up these disgusting meals half the time that don't look that appealing. And then um, obviously Wendy is begging him to save them from the bandits and like, it's nothing to do with me. Um, And obviously then Advin revealed why Vaughn is here. He just looks like this lone rogue traveler, wanderer. Um, And then eventually... He an emotional chord is struck and he gets involved with the town. And that's when we are introduced to his armor, which is called Dan of Thursday. I will go into why it's called Dan of Thursday. And um, he saves everybody from the bandits. They are forever grateful. And that's when Wendy decides to tag along with Vaughn. Obviously, I will reveal the reason why. But um, these two then start a journey together. And um, how everything unfolds is very interesting. So that is what you will walk into at first glance in this series. Now, to describe this series in a nutshell already, I would say it's a bit of like Kill Bill and Trigon. Now, when I say Kill Bill, like the little, you know, film, film those films about revenge... Uh, we have a big theme of revenge within this series. And also, Trigon had a very, you know, we've got Vash, um, who was a wanderer, where went wherever he pleased. But he was more, you know, laid back, goofy about it. And um, he always, every episode had a single focus. Um, it wasn't really following a specific plot, but he was always meeting different people um, along the way and um, there's at the beginning of the show or halfway through Gunex Sword um, there is that element that is very similar to Trigon where we, we meet different people dealing with different situations especially on this planet um, that is you know lawless you know just there's no yeah no one running the show. Everybody does what they do. Because anybody who has like an armor like um, Vaughn wields, which the mechas are called in this series, um, you know, they're all idiots. And um, some of them are just pigs. And um, that's the kind of world we are introduced to. So that is how I would best describe, really in a nutshell, um, of what Gunnick Sword involves. Uh, it took me a while to kind of figure out how to describe it but anyway so the revenge part of things is obviously more on Vaughn's part uh because so Vaughn through the whole majority of the series is just hell-bent on revenge because a on his wedding day um he was about to marry the love of his life named Eleanor 
and um, out of nowhere, this man with a, a right hand for a claw, so his right hand is a claw, comes out of nowhere and slaughters and kills his wife, to be. Um, and that's when Vaughn, ever since then, had been hellbent on finding this our villain of the story, which is known as the Claw. And also, Wendy is pursuing the same person because she finds out that the Claw has taken her brother Michael. So that's how the two end up starting their journey. And um, like the first few episodes, I think are very good in displaying how um, the two kind of come together. Also, particularly in episode four, which I really enjoyed, which um, Vaughn gets really sick and then Wendy has to like, they're in the mountains and Wendy has to uh, try and find a nearby town or a doctor and um, just the lengths that she goes to even though Vaughn as his personality can be a bit frustrating um, because he is so hell-bent on revenge and he's just you know he has his like really caring moments especially when he comes to defend people um, he does he, he does have like a teddy bear soft spot he does but uh, most of the time, he really would like to not give a crap, really. Um, but he definitely takes a shine to Wendy of how much Wendy tries. And um, I just really enjoyed the episode four. So the first few episodes have a Trigun feel where we, you know, when as Wendy and Vaughn are making wherever their journey takes them, because they have no idea where the claw is, it's really just winging it basically and um just of how they at least bond a little bit i wouldn't say like super close but they at least form an attachment i mean wendy does she's only a girl like i think in the show she's betrayed it's like 12 years old wendy does not look 12 years old she looks like she's 15 or 14 at least i don't know it's hard to tell with anime just think about Sailor Moon. I didn't know for years that uh, Serena has been portrayed as a six, as a fourteen-year-old. Well, I thought she was seventeen. Uh, so I'm not sure what to think of with Wendy's age. But so they uh, they encounter different people um, that are actually involved with the Claw. Somehow the Claw has brainwashed these people, and um, yeah, get themselves into a bit of a sticky situations. Um, one particular group or one particular, uh, episode, I believe it was episode five or six where Vaughn and Wendy meet, um, the group known as the El Dorado Five, where there are a bunch of old men who just drink all day in the middle of this town, in the middle of nowhere. And it's run by, um, uh, and it's run by a sweet girl named Yukiko. Her grandmother was a part of this merry band, but she passed away and um, all the men do uh, is talk about the good old days and all the young people in the town just want them to stop drinking, which I feel sorry for them, which the Elder Dorado Five, which were called Nero, um, Ho Jose, Carlos and Barrio. And um, I really enjoyed that episode because I did not realize that I thought that, you know, the, the, we're only going to see these guys for one time. But they end up having a very big part to play, like, uh, later on in the series. 
Now, I wouldn't call this a spoiler, but I just thought it'd be nice to say you, you, if, you know, you end up deciding to watch Gun X Sword. Yeah, these, these guys are a very entertaining lot. And uh, I love the role they play later on in the series. And um, obviously, I did get the vibe as Wendy and Vaughn were making their way, uh, you know, the, in the pursuit of the claw for their own reasons. Um, you know, we do meet the people, the few people that they meet end up becoming involved in their journey, which is a very obvious thing that will um, happen, which I've, you know, I found that's an obvious trait in like any anime I've seen, you know, familiar faces will come back. Um, I really like one of the other people they meet named Priscilla. Uh, she, um, she's just full of such hyper energy. She pilots her armor to win prize money in the efforts, um, to help, um, the orphans that she, of her sister that she is raising works for a, um, ends up working for a no good, it's, ends up being like an armor fight ring where, you know, people make their bets and she battles them, her opponents, and, um, and she walks away with the money at the end of the day. So Priscilla ends up playing a role. Um, and to be honest, I kind of liked all the characters in this show. Um, I really did. Uh, we'll get to talking about the claw in a minute, because, huh, boy, I got lots to say about that nut job. But, um, I liked how all the characters, they all had a role to play. Not, this sounds dumb to say, all the characters had a role to play, but when I say they had a role, like, they had a role in Vaughn's journey, even though he wasn't really asking for all these people coming like all these people that just kind of just draw to him kind of like a magnet in a way i like how the of the people wendy and von meet they all end up coming together like one big involvement um as a side character which is carmen she goes goes as carmen 99 um she is a we'll call her an agent kind of mercenary she just does all these little jobs to make a buck um i I loved Carmen. She was highly entertaining. And I watched the um, English dub of this. Um, so I loved um, who was voicing her, which was Michelle Ruff. Um, she's known for different uh, particular roles. Like she does Chi from Cherry Bits um, and does Rukia from Bleach. Um, so she's definitely got that. She's got that female presence. And when I say like female presence, just uh, she makes... She makes herself known in her voice acting and Breffney uh, brought some sass to Carmen's character. But, and yeah, as a whole, I really enjoyed the English dub of this. Um, as with any old anime, I always like to see if there's an old dub or English dub. Or if there's not, I would just watch it in sub anyway. But yeah, I really loved Carmen, definitely. So as a whole, I really enjoyed how everybody kind of united uh it took a while uh for that to happen but yeah everybody came together at the end they did in some weird in some weird way they did um now going back to the characters i feel like there's so much to say um 
we'll go back to Vaughn for a second here. Um, on his hell-bentness um, on revenge, because I feel like revenge was definitely a strong theme in the show, because, you know, we're going after just one guy named the Claw. And I remember that stewed over me for years, like, you know, oh, who is the Claw? Um, is he actually an interesting character? Um, don't know what, I don't know what it was. I was just fascinated about, you know, Vaughn's revenge for him. And, um, yeah, it just really, it's definitely a show that played on my mind until I actually bloody watched it. But, uh, Vaughn was not alone in his revenge journey. Um, we do meet another character named Ray, who is definitely more of a lost soul than Vaughn was. Um, both of them fully, like, both of them equally hell-bent on getting revenge, but Ray was definitely more of a lost cause. He really had just dropped everything. Um, the Claw had, um, the Claw had, uh, killed his wife, um, Ray's wife, which was, her name was Shiori, and, um, obviously there are reasons why these women were killed, but I'm not going to tell you why, and how they, how there is a connection why Ray and Vaughn have met together. And um, it's just every time Ray and Vaughn end up encountering each other, God, there is this huge divide. Um, I just, it's like, whose revenge is more? I would definitely say it was Ray's, um, to be honest. Even though, even though Vaughn, Vaughn's revenge, I felt like, was so stretched out. Like, you don't need to saturate the fact anymore. I mean, like, the main impact happens as we get more into the story. I knew that was going to happen, but Ray, um, Ray's was just so sad. Ray's, his pursuit, and, um, that, it, it gets even sadder for me when, um, we meet his little brother Josh, who ends up joining Wendy and Vaughn. Um, all Josh wants to do is find you know, find his, his brother. And, um, you know, it made sense that Josh and Wendy were going to bond together in the end they were. And yeah, I found Josh and Ray's, uh, like, yeah, Ray and Josh's relationship. Um, there was definitely a massive, deep, divide there there was well it's more on Ray's part he's the one who wanted to cut ties with his brother everything he knew and um there was one thing actually beautiful it's a weird word to say beautiful about Ray's revenge um there's a moment where he goes into a huge rant about the great real seeping depression that he's felt from, you know, the moment his fiance was killed and his, his spiraling down one path of revenge, how it just, how it's, you know, ate away at him, just how he described what it's like when you just focus on that one negative thing and everything else doesn't matter. It was, it was very depressing. Um, it was a very depressing scene. And I really, really got behind Ray's character big time. I really did. Um, and it, I even got more attached to his character, um, when we got into the second half of the series and 
yeah it's it's it it is sad and um of course i felt both for vaughn and ray but at times you just want to knock their heads together and just tell them to stop being idiots as well uh most definitely vaughn would never see the clearer picture so if wendy and say carmen weren't there to be the strategic minds uh, and josh as well um this show would have been really boring because, I mean, Vaughn is, he definitely reminds me of Vash from Trigun a little bit. But yeah, without these supporting characters, I do feel Vaughn would not be able to hold up this show. No, not for a minute, <laughs> for a fact. Um, now, to move on to one of our, obviously, main points when we get to the revenge part of things which is the claw now i i didn't know i thought it was going to be some middle-aged man but he's an oldie and you know like just i, I don't know what it was i th- it was definitely the english dub voice who did the claw which is by kirk thornton um just it, it really got under my skin like in, in a good way, like, the performance was so good, like, so this dude has done voices for, like, Hotohori from, uh, Fushigi Yugi, um, oh, he got, the, and he, he's, this dude has done so many, so many voices, um, yeah, Kirk's, perf- perf- Kirk's performance, oh my god, just definitely made the claw just so, oh, not being able to withstand him even for a second when the claw was talking about his ideologies and how he wants to reform the world yes we're in the we're in same old theme of here a villain that wants to reform the world oh i wonder how many times we've heard that um honestly that theme has like inspired me like uh when i was watching the show i was like i need to do like an actual blog post of some sort or whatever actually analyzing it because it got me thinking what what are actually some of the worlds in certain anime where the villain or whoever it was wanted to reform it was actually for the better um because here we just had a crazy nut job um definitely it just the way kirk kirk's performance he just would slur his words and yeah just really good talking like a madman really and i hated the parts where the claw would go oh that's wonderful oh we can be friends oh my god i was like somebody stab this bitch so badly stabbing now i mean like that's yeah you can tell how much this like our enemy kind of got under my skin like but at the same time, you know, he wasn't terrifying, like, but it was his way of thinking. Uh, just some of the things he said were what made him, um, uh, it was kind of, I wouldn't say fascinating, but he definitely kept my attention. Um, it was, it was some creepy, creepy talk that held him together as the villain and got me to, as a fair got me as a watcher to go can you need to kill this bitch Vaughn you need to kill this dude oh my god feels like every time Vaughn got that close 
Of course, the claw was like one step ahead. Uh, I will say the his reasons for wanting to reform the world are just kind of like lackluster, really. I've seen this plot line before. Let's uh do it. Let's let's find a new one. Hey, I was like, nah. I've seen this before. Uh, so your reasoning for wanting to reform the world, I ain't interested in. But okay, the way you talk, okay, gets under my skin. That's enough for me to say. You need to kill this bitch, Ron. Anyway, uh, I did like the claw's ability of manipulation, how he manipulated all of his little followers to protect and follow his dream, and especially how he affected Michael. But I'll just say, Michael, Wendy's brother, was not all that stupid in the end. Anyway, but yes, he recruits some interesting people, uh, like Fasolina, who is a... Well, I'll say prostitute. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, She does not deny that. And especially uh, her armor that she wields. Um, Yeah, I would would say that's obvious. Um, But yeah, she definitely sold herself, her body for money. But even though that was not really her fault when she goes into her uh, backstory. And then obviously... Uh, we've got Michael, Wendy's brother. He's just honestly an innocent who is just brainwashed. Um, and then we have uh, one of Vaughn's old friends, which was um, Gad- Gadridge, um, who Vaughn ends up encountering. Now, that segment of things, I, that was a bit, that was, a, again, that was a bit lackluster. It was a bit underwhelming how he just appears out of nowhere and it's uh yeah the whole thing the whole saga well i don't really feel like it made an impact much on things to be honest um i mean it opened up the backstory of behind vaughn's fiance um eleanor but yeah i was like i don't know why we're being introduced to a character a little bit in the middle of the game I didn't see this plot point because even though Gunnick's sword was was focusing on the bigger picture of, you know, Vaughn is determined to get to the claw and all these other people end up being intertwined with Vaughn's journey. Um, I feel like some of the smaller details were missed. Um, this was one of them. Uh, yeah, I feel like that segment, it didn't, didn't really do much for me. I mean, I got to see a bit into Vaughn's like backstory. That's all it could. That's all it really, it really offered. Really introducing Vaughn's friend um, Gadved, which is yeah kind of sad. But at least you learn about the um, original seven, which I said that Vaughn's machine was known as Dan of Thursday. So the original seven are all named like after the weekdays, and um, part of the Claws Merry Band. Um, they all possess a mecha known as an armor um i did like the mechas in this um as we're on that topic now the armors um i liked that vaughn in order to in order to remain alive um he has to um, he has to be within his own armor dan um to heal um it kind of did make vaughn unkillable i guess in a way but then not really um and that each of these armors had their own satellite um, that would orbit around the Earth. Um, I thought that was pretty. That was a pretty cool idea. Um, yeah, I really did like some of these unique designs of the 
the armors that were introduced to they really reflected the um the well the pilot's personalities each one did um i feel like all the armors in this reflect well upon the pilot's personalities like priscilla's kind of looks like a cat and it's pink um and like the el dorado's um armor uh, definitely says about them. It's kind of got like a Mexican vibe, we'll say. Uh, yeah, there's some interesting designs in this. There is. Um, so definitely did like like the mecha side of things, like the like the the fights and that. They were good. They were entertaining. Um, definitely some of the fights in this were interesting. And there's one particular episode where um, we we are dealing with a utopia that's centered on bikinis. Um, don't ask any more on that. You, if you really want to find out about that, you're just going to have to watch the show. Um, this is where it involves a female focus. And, uh, uh, what can I say about the episode? Um, I thought it was kind of just like nonsense, but it was funny at the same time. Um, just thinking about it. Oh my God. Like even the, uh, the, the, I guess we'll call her the, the main woman that runs her bikini utopia kingdom. Um, I thought she was a bit batty. Uh, but, um, yeah, she was certainly an interesting, um, side character addition because some of these characters that are like on the side, not the main ones I've just spoken about here uh they had definitely had kooky personalities uh but we like that we do we would not like all cookie cutter uh personalities 24 7 um yeah i like my animes to have different you know i want to say unique personalities but i like them to be quirky definitely so uh definitely all the characters in the show have their own quirky factor to offer uh yeah that episode was certainly interesting um oh sorry I'm just on such a tangent right now because there's like I feel like there's so much to discuss so um I'm trying to break it down as best as I can at the moment um now in terms of speaking about one of the characters um which was kind of I wasn't expecting to even really say much on this but I feel it did stand out to me. Uh, the way Fasolina, one of the claws, um, called henchmen, part of her, t- part of the team, um, she was the most dedicated to protecting the claws' dream of you know reforming the world, blah blah blah, and um, because I felt like she was just an empty soul that had nothing to believe in, and um, oh yeah, her her power of manipulation, um, especially over Michael. Um, yeah, we talk about, there's always, you know, the dominance of males, uh, in like, in terms of, you know, when it comes to about, you know, women, you know, violence against women and all that. Um, but honestly, the dominance here was Fasalina, um, over Michael, like she used, um, Cause she's like, I can show you what the cause dream is, and uh, what she does to show him that. Um, yeah, that is 
that is very bad form of manipulation and abuse. And I'm just like, hmm, yeah. Uh, I definitely don't like this. And I think some people are actually going to definitely pick that out if they watch this show. But yeah, um, I was thinking, can you brainwash Michael anymore? I was thinking at one point and then we, this was happened in a certain episode and I'm like, oh, you little bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of just shows that, you know, uh, us females can be just as manipulative as just anybody else, really. Um, that we're not always, that we're not always the innocent, I believe. Um, yeah, I felt like that was definitely a toxic moment, I'm going to say, honestly. But, um, like, I don't have any ill will against it, but I'm like, hmm, uh, I'm not cool with this, but, you know, it's a part of the story. It, it adds the tension. But there might be some people that might not be cool with it. Who knows? I just thought I would mention it because I'm like, oh. This is little in little little hot interesting piece happening here. Um, <laughs> in terms of how the pacing of the story was, because um, I remember I was looking on anime when I was looking at Annie List because I do my usual research before I record any of these podcasts, and somebody put on there about Gunnick Sword was looking at the bigger picture as I said earlier, but then they missed some of the small parts, which is kind of true. That headline which I agree with. Um, there was definitely some small parts I felt like that were missing, like about Vaughn's friend's introduction. Um, I don't want to go into too many, otherwise we're going to go into like spoiler territory. Um, but one was another one, I guess I could briefly touch upon was, um, where Vaughn was going to go next, we'll say. But definitely towards the end of the series, it becomes a real, real claw focus, like, you know, what is the claw been planning, blah, 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 blah. I can't say it was all that exciting, in my opinion, but I was, you know, you're just waiting for the bit where either Ray, Ray and uh, Vaughn are going to get their revenge. Um, Just of how they get to this point, um, it's very intertwining because each character is involved in some way. Uh, like, especially Carmen. Carmen goes back to one of the episodes. She goes back to her home, old hometown, and um, uh, is reunited with one of her really close friends. And her, her friend has become intertwined with the claw. So I like that even though we've got a trigon focus on, we're focusing on these little single episodes where... Uh, where Vaughn and Carmen and Wendy are going uh, are to do with the claw, but um, they're, they're dealing with these separate situations involving other people. It's still intertwined to the story, which is something I do like about this show a lot. Um, I don't think Gunnixor completely lost itself, not really. Um, but as I addressed then, a couple of things in terms of small plot holes where... Don't really know where they were going, but um, it definitely the series upheld itself with intertwining all the characters together, even though there's all these separate scenarios that happen, and some of them are really funny. Um, one of the episodes I remember, 
is focused on this, uh, they they stay, Vaughn and Wendy stay in this little port town and I think they're trying to get transportation to go to the next town where they think they've seen the claw, I think. And they run into this crazy couple, um, one, um, that are just so loved up and, um, (laughs) they've like named their car after something to do with the name love. And it's constantly following Vaughn around because they want to steal his armor and it's just hilarious. Um, and you know, the, the series does have a great level of like comedy, um, to it. It does. It, it definitely along the lines of Trigun comedy, how Vash's approach towards certain scenarios was very blase, we'll say. And, um, that is, I felt like it was incorporated when Vaughn and Wendy are dealing with this crazy love dot couple. Um, those little, those little funny moments. There's, a, there's definitely one every single episode in Trigon, and it just, yeah, it just, you know, made everything feel less heavy when we got to the kind of like in, impactful bits. But honestly, the funny came from the character interactions. That's where the funny came from, not from any of the jokes or gags. Uh, it was from the characters' interactions. Like I loved how Vaughn interacted, like with. Um, like with uh, Josh in particular, you know, Vaughn obviously was going going out one ear and out the other. I want to find my brother. Josh just constantly keeps saying, and um, it yeah, <laughs> it just it, it's actually kind of a funny realization now how all these people just really end up being gravitated towards Vaughn, even though Vaughn really is nothing special. He's he really is just a guy who was just hell bent on revenge and nothing more, and then all these other people end up being intertwined in that and it becomes something more it does the show um it takes that uh focus and yeah turned it into a really entertaining show because honestly gunnick sword reminded me of back arrow which upon researching i found out uh, Gunnick Sword and Black Back Arrow are by the same creator, which is Goro Tanaguchi, who has done many mecha series like um, S Cried and there's a Mobile Suit Gundam somewhere in there. Um, so I could see the similar themes. And, you know, I was going to say anyway, if you you have if you have watched Gunnick Sword and you want another recommendation, I was going to say Back Arrow because they're very similar in terms of their Western uh, feel world. Obviously, I would say Back Arrow is definitely more um, more on the comedy side, um, but they definitely got the same vibes going, most definitely. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, Back Arrow definitely reminds me of Gunnick Sword when I was for, when I was watching it, and then I thought while I was watching Gunnick Sword, this reminds me of Back Arrow a little bit too. There's some reference in there from both the shows, I feel. So that I thought that was interesting. It was by the same creator, which I did not know beforehand. So Gunnick Sword is, in my opinion, it was a really fun time. It was. It took me a while to complete. It did not because, like, um, because of how long it is. I don't really care how long a show is. I will watch it. You know, it's more of, you know, life and I had to watch it in single episode increments, which I don't honestly particularly enjoy. I'm more of a binger and I felt like I would have enjoyed this more binging, but that's just how it is at the moment. Um, But I should also mention about um, 
who was actually my favorite character in the series it actually ended up being wendy um who was so hell-bent on you know, her mission was to find a brother and maybe go home you know i felt like she was the you know the left the one left out because she's a she's just a child and doesn't know any better and she carries around her brother's gun that's got one bullet in it um as like a memento it reminds her of her brother um so she looks like she's this weak little thing but honestly as the series goes on wendy wendy really gets her to stand her ground um especially towards vaughn um i just love that she ends up becoming a real powerhouse and um she really she really acts beyond her years in um towards the end of the series she does and um that she builds up like her own resolve and that she realizes she can make her own decisions and honestly when she was carrying around her brother's gun with the one bullet you know something's gonna happen with that (laughs) because can't just not carry this around the whole show and then nothing happens but yeah wendy was definitely had the most belief in vaughn she did in the end and even towards right at the end that that belief was still there i thought it was so cute um i'm glad that nothing more happened between vaughn and wendy because i've seen this scenario before and i will just happily say it does not go into any other ill avenues um everything is kept at a nice healthy neutral basis and that wendy and vaughn just end up still remaining i guess it it is it to call them friends or acquaintances it's hard to tell what i would describe their relationship um i don't know I, i i honestly can't i mean i guess you could say they're friends i guess they're like I call them special friends because you know yeah they had a they had a big journey together, they did. But yeah, Wendy was my favorite character um, from this show. Surprisingly, uh, I can tell you when I first watched the first few episodes, she definitely wasn't. Uh, but yeah, it's unexpected when you actually finally complete a series and you're like, oh wow, wasn't expecting that. So. All in all, Gunnex Sword, um, and unfortunately, I tried to find out any un- interesting information about the series, and um, I turned up with nothing this time, which is kind of sad. I was hoping to learn something more about the backstory or anything, but alas, I didn't this time round, so sorry about that. But um, Gunnex Sword is a really fun time. Um, I'm not sure this show would be for everybody, I'm sure. But in terms of engagement levels, um, it definitely does that pretty well. If you are like a fan of like particularly Trigun, uh, I think this definitely be up your avenue. And obviously if you like Mecha, um, I think you will enjoy this. And especially with the mixture of like um, sci-fi in this. Um, Or honestly, if you just want a good story with about revenge, um, like I would say, it's it's not as good as like, uh, Kenshin, like Roni Kenshin, even though that's my favorite anime 
along about redemption. There is a there is a source of revenge in there. There is um element. If you like that sort of thing, then I think uh Gunnick Sword has a it does have a strong uh element of revenge in there, which is probably some of the best I've seen in a long while. Um Mostly on, as I said, Ray's part, to be honest. I, I ended up growing a soft spot for Ray. But I think Gunnick's Sword would be an interesting introduction into the realm of anime has sometimes weird ideas, especially if someone is new to anime and they just want something a bit out there. Because I do feel Gunnick's Sword is a little bit out there. Um, but it's it's a strong series um especially with entertaining funny um characters where mostly that's where the comedy element comes from as i said um yeah i mean it really is bill kill with a bit of trigon in it really so if that is honestly all the things that i've said any of those are your cup of tea then i do recommend giving gunnick sword a well um, in terms of if I'll watch it again, probably not. This was a series for me that I was quite happy to just watch it once and I was particularly how it ended. Um, I was like, I was content with that. Like, I feel like I wouldn't need to revisit this series. I feel like I will definitely always remember this series for how it delivered itself um, as a show. Um, yeah, that's, that's just how it is for me. It's been a long time since I felt like that with a show where I'm just like, you know what, I'm content with watching it once and like, that's enough. And if I can recommend it right off the bat, cause I will just remember, it will make me remember. Um, it's kind of weird to say, but anyway, um, if you would like to watch Gunnick Sword, you can watch it on Hulu, Crunchyroll and... God, where else was it? Oh yes, Funimation. But yeah, Funimation prices have gone up, so we don't like that. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I really hope you did enjoy my talk on Gunnick Sword. I feel complete and content that I have finally spoken about it. Um, I really hope that I feel like I have addressed um, everything I can about this show. And I definitely always feel like that. I'm definitely going to feel like that when I'm going to talk about my favorites. And it's like, did I address everything I wanted to say? Because that's why I feel like people avoid talking about their favorite shows. Because they feel like they're just not going to do it justice. And I'm just like, now, you know what? It's my experience. Who cares if I may end up saying the same thing as anybody else has? And my experience with that show was my individual experience. So who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we are. So yeah, that is Gunnick Sword. Um, in terms of when the next episode will be out, I'm hoping within the first two weeks of December. Um, I'm definitely going to have a window of opportunity to record something then. Um, I just got to finish re-watching my show that I'm re-watching at the moment. But Honestly, I feel like I could talk about it right off the bat. I could. Um, I'll tell you now, next episode will be about one of my favorites. And I have not talked about about any of my anime favorites for a very, very long time. Um, 
because I know uh, one of one one of the episodes I talked about the cat returns, but that was a, that was a movie. We're talking about a TV series. Yes, I'm going to attempt this, and I'm definitely going to need some lots and lots of notes. But um, until next time, where I take a pause to appreciate the series that I'm watching. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.